Not all those who wander are lost. J.R. Tolkien. Welcome to Aegis Travel Adventures. We are Ken and Giselle. We have been to over 100 countries and are still looking to see what is around the next corner. We love wine, travel, and adventure. Listen to our podcast where we share the fun of the magical places, people, and cultures that have touched our lives. Aegis? Hey, Aegis. Hey, travel? Travel. Adventure. Welcome to Ageless Travel Adventures. This is Ken. And hi, this is Giselle. This is podcast number 21, and it's sort of a recap uh, of our last trip now that we're back in the U.S. Also, we want to wish Ken a happy birthday. He's 75 years young, as the saying goes, and um, this is part of what the podcast is about. We wanted to talk a little bit about, about traveling as you may not be 30 anymore. So, you know, some reflections on, you know, being 75, but, you know, we're still going strong with the travel. Been retired 10 years. Uh, Eight days after I retired, we were in Istanbul. Um, You know, it's, it's like you have a bucket list, but it really keeps filling itself with new things. And so, these last 10 years, other than COVID, uh, we've covered a lot of ground. And um, we have a app called TripIt? No. Tripped. Tripped, yeah. And it, it, you can put in the countries you've been to and so on. And, and I'm at 110 countries. And, um, but this isn't something that's happened in the last 10 years. Uh, my interest in travel has been as long as I can remember. And when I got out of high school, uh, a person that was associated with our basketball team was going out west and he was looking for some people to split expenses. So I'd never been uh, west of the Mississippi, covered 22 new states during the summer, came back and within a week I was up in Gainesville at college. Uh, graduated from college six years later and within a couple ten days I was in Luxembourg backpacker and covered 34 countries in about five months and a lot of that was really on the cheap so you know reflections on you know a lifetime of travel and you know it, it's everybody's different and what appeals to them and and why they want to travel but from my side is i think i said early on in one of the podcasts is i'm, I'm always interested in what's around the next corner but i'm interested in in people in cultures uh, the way people do things why they do them what's the differences from they have from what we do um and i i, I found that Generally, people are—they're all the same. They're—they're they're friendly. They're accommodating. They have smiles. Largely, um, they like visitors and tourists. They want to show off their country, and I'm eager to find out what it's all about. And luckily, that—that that quest uh, for travel knowledge and and uh, experiences has has not died down as I've aged. So. That's some of my reflections, you know, over the years, and 
Well, I'm, you know, people say, well, how many countries do you want to go to ultimately? I, I have no number. I kind of kept track of them, but we also keep track of uh, UNESCO World Heritage Sites. We have a book on them and pretty far behind them. And, you know, Writing putting, things down or checking you know, them off the Checking list. them off, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I, I do think they're some of the more interesting things in the world. So you can buy the book. You can get it online. Uh, you can get a checklist of it. It changes Every year they seem to add another dozen roughly. So um, when we travel, we always try to look for what the UNESCO World Heritage Site might be for the area we're going to be in. And uh, Not that we always remember or write them down, but we do yeah, try. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just got back from our trip to Iceland, Europe and Iceland. And just for those of you who may be interested, we did... 13,389 miles and six countries that includes the U.S. So it was a, it was definitely a... Um, 52 days. 52 days. And we definitely were on the road quite a bit in traveling, but we had a, an amazing time. But I was going to ask Ken some questions about traveling as, as over the years. You know, obviously, I would say the big one is from back in the day when you traveled, you were a backpacker. Um, you know, in college. In, you know, well, I was just graduated... Uh, in the 70s, you know, backpacking was the big thing in, uh, in Europe and, uh, you know, it didn't really matter whether you uh, had somebody to go with or not. Everybody in the big cities would congregate around the American Express offices. You could meet people to travel with there. You would, uh, <laughs> you took travelers checks, you know, um, and you would cash those in and, and get the foreign currency. So we would shop around the, the cities often for the bank that had the best rate. And, you know, it's generally just fractional. But, you know, uh, the big book of the day was Europe, back then, was Europe on $5 a day. And uh, I kept track of my money. And, uh, I, and But we slept on the ground, I would say, 75% of the time, we'd just find a park to go sleep in, in our sleeping bag to save money. But I averaged $4.44 a day. And when I arrived back at uh, JFK in New York City, I had a dollar and 11 cents in my pocket and a Gulf Oil credit card, which kind of got me back to Florida. So, yeah, so obviously we don't um, sleep in the park anymore. Or let me put it this way, I don't sleep in the yeah. park. And so far, Ken has not either. Yeah. So our traveling game has is, is been definitely upped yeah. as we've gotten older. But I guess one of the questions for you is regarding, I mean, as we all know, we, you know, as we're traveling, uh, convenience becomes more important uh, for us that are not in our 50s. And things that may at times seem to be frivolous now seem to be a necessity. So are, are there some reflections that you would think that, surprise you on our travels and that you have found interesting? Uh, yes and no, I think. I mean, having traveled so much during my life, you know, I, I think your, your mode of travel and, um, you know, it evolves and, you know, you find out what you like. And, you know, I think from a culinary standpoint, you know, uh, particularly since I've known Giselle, uh, we have moved towards making dining part of the experience of visiting a place. So we search out, not necessarily the most expensive restaurant, that's not necessarily um, where, where I think it's at. It's, it's where local foods are served, served well. Sometimes it is, you know, a fairly... Uh, 
well-regarded restaurant, but we have found that prices for restaurants and quality aren't commensurate. So, you know, asking around, uh, reading uh, other reviews, uh, I think you find a lot of, of opportunities to uh, do things like that when you're traveling. And I think that also goes for places you visit. You know, you could say, oh, I'm going to, uh, to Lisbon, but you know, there's several side trips from Lisbon to small towns where there's, there's interesting things to see you can take on the, on the train. Um, you know, if you just look at a guidebook uh, of Portugal, a lot of that you might, you might miss. So, yeah, I, th I think it has evol evolved. We, we like to rent cars, travel on our own. Um, you know, you see a sign. I remember in, uh, we had rented a car in Jordan, and a lot of people kind of, when you say that, their, their eyebrow goes up like, Jordan? <laughs> That's where Petra is. <laughs> and, and that was part of the thing. We wanted to go to Petra, but also the Dead Sea and, and some other places in between. And uh, we're going down the, the main highway, the Queen something highway, and it was a nice road. And we see this sign, and it looks like a castle. And I said, you want to go down there? She goes, sure. So we turn off the road, and uh, I'd say it was a good 30 kilometers from the main road, and it turned into a not-so-good road. And we finally got there. And it's an old, it was an old crusader castle. We had no, no information on it other than the sign we saw. Uh, very interesting. There were, there were uh, researchers, archaeologists there working from the U.S., I think from the University of Toledo. Um, just a lot of things about it were interesting. But right next to it was an old uh, Roman city. So... Obviously, the Crusader castle part came after the Romans, and in the, the Roman part, uh, they were busy excavating and things, but there were some amazing mosaics there. Um, never would have seen it if we weren't uh, being so adventurous that day. Yeah, we were dry at that same place. I guess the tour guides or somebody was doing some reenactment of Roman whatever activity, whatever. And they were the nicest um, people there because we, we, I mean, we were probably the only ones that were not the, not the excavators. You yeah. know, we were, it was not very many tourist trap. And so they were, they were so kind and they were so excited to have somebody there to, to look at them and comment on their costumes. And as in that custom in the country, anywhere you go, they ask you for tea. And we had done a little bit of research and I had read that unless you're um, really pressed for time, it's considered very rude not to say yes. So Ken and I drank a lot of tea in Jordan. Um, people we just that were helping us trying to find a street, invariably after a few minutes are like, hi, well, here's some tea. And you're like, well, thank you. And so you have a cup or two and then you say thank you and you go on your way. <laughs> Oh, and most of them didn't speak English, so... And the tea is always like, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. So it was all good. They, they would, yeah, usually bring it out and show it to you because we weren't sure what they were saying. But, yeah, really, yeah. But they, they were lovely people, and they always wanted to, to, to help you. And uh, we did get to Petra, and uh, ended up just outside of Petra having a flat tire, turned around, and it wasn't quite flat. And we... It's the only gas station I saw around there. We pulled in, and the guy looked at it, and uh, negotiated a fix. I think it was about five euros, roughly five bucks or something. And he put a plug in it and pumped it up and we went on our mirror. And he gave me tea while we waited. Yeah, <laughs> and we were really lucky because honest to God, 
I don't know if this car, it was pretty beat up. I don't know if it even had a spare tire. We didn't look. We probably <laughs> should have, but went on our merry way, went to the Dead Sea and, uh, and on. So, you know, those are experiences that you, uh, you know, you remember the rest of your life is the kindness of people and the, the cultural things about them. And uh, it was a, a great trip. And still, when we talk about renting a car, to most people in Jordan, they just kind of look at you. And, you know, well, we went on the bus from Amman down to the King Hussein Bridge, got off, went through some rigmarole, got on a shuttle, took us to the other side, which was the Israeli side, um, did some rigmarole there, and then we got on a bus, went up to the top of the hill, went through Israeli immigration, and then when a couple hours had gone by, they finally uh, said, you're free to go. It's like, uh, okay, so there's taxis, there's shuttles, there's buses, uh, so we picked one. And, uh, and we got to East Jerusalem and uh, found a young man that had a car. It wasn't a taxi. And, uh, it was a rogue taxi. Yeah, rogue taxi. And that's a story all into itself. And he took us to our hotel with a German girl that was really lost and not sure what to do. And so we were, we were we kind enough to give, give her a ride, to ride and, and, um, which is what we've done on, on more than one occasion because we'll see... These young young kids traveling, and usually it's a girl by themselves, um, and they look a little bit lost, a little bit. So we're like, you know what? You can join us, and we'll we'll take you to wherever you need to go. And then they're always like, "Here's my euros." I'm like, "No, you know what? Keep your money because at one day in time you'll be where we are, and you can afford to give somebody yeah, a young kid a ride." Because we all remember, as the saying goes, "Kindness to strangers." So um, my other question I had to Ken was, you know. Um, we've been traveling a bit, and like as I said, we've kind of upped our game. Um, are there things that you have discovered that you think are well worth it? Or are you some things that you think um, that we really don't need to spend the money on? And you can be honest. <laughs> well, I, you know, obviously uh, luxurious travel is nice. I, we, we, we've done some business class flights with lay flat, flat seats, mainly using points, airline points. And you know, uh, it's lovely, they come out and uh, you know, they bring you drinks and they bring you a bag and they have pajamas in them and you, you uh, put your little bed down and close your little door and uh, you know, you can get some, you can really stretch out and get some snooze and uh, you know, a 14 hour flight. Uh, or longer, like a 30 hour flight. Well. The planes don't go 30 hours without stopping, but well, yes, yeah. you stop and then you get on another leg. But yeah, it, it you know, the older you get, I think the harder it is when you get somewhere and you're just sleep deprived, you know, and you, you look like the deer in the headlights trying to figure out, you know, how to get to your hotel and get some, some rest. So, uh, I, you know, I think that's uh, up in the game and it's, it's, it's a, it's a neat thing. It's not cheap. And, uh, so you, you have to figure out what your budget is and, what you want to spend your money on. And I think, you know, we've, we've done that and uh, you can take fewer trips that are more luxurious and you can, you can take cheaper trips that are longer and less expensive. I mean, there's all kinds of resources out there for it. So yeah, I think probably the, the lay flat seats and the business class is something we've kind of moved up to and like for the longer flights and uh, we'll see how long we can uh, <laughs> afford it or 
you know, put well, it into our budget. Well, one thing we've done is kind of added that into the quote the budget of the of the trip, and you know, decide if it's worth it, worth it or not. But um, having come back from Iceland, uh, we discovered that we really enjoy you know just driving on, and and um, the last few days of our trip, we as Ken said, we rented a car, but it was really fun just going along, and all of a sudden, like, what is this? What is that? And so we kind of kind of rethinking our our travel for the next few trips about do we want to be a little more independent. And that was my other question. We've now done several um, really nice um, trips with with different companies, Oat, Viking, etc. Um, and we've we've come away with some thoughts on some good things and some bad things. So, what are your thoughts on organized travel? Um, For, I, that's not a blanket statement, I realize, yeah. but you know, um, uh, you know, I mean, everybody travels differently, and there's some people that they want to call their travel agent. And the travel agent says, I've got you. You leave on this date. Here's your plane. You ask for a business class, you know, and uh, I, we got you booked on this tour. So they'll pick you up at the airport. They'll take you to your hotel. And at the end, they'll take you to the airport and you come home. And no fuss, no muss. All you got to do is pay for it. Um, we're, I think we're a little bit different than that. This last trip, you know, uh, planes. Trains, ferries, buses, rental cars, um, and the majority of it, uh, you know, we did it on our own. Uh, in the middle, we had this overseas adventure tour, but we had to get to a town of Selfos, which was an hour and a half away from Reykjavik. And, uh, you know, we figured out the bus schedule, put it on our phone, on the app, and, uh, you know, really weren't sure what it cost, but it, did, it seemed pretty reasonable because taxis that far were probably going to be several hundred dollars. At least. And so uh, we, we had been paying one ticket for a senior ticket was like $3.20, I think. Something like that, yeah. Or no, it was $2.40 because, <laughs> no, I remember now, because um, when we got on the bus at the main bus station to go to Selfos, uh, the guy you know, we, we, we put our phone up to the thing and it read it and he goes, you need four tickets. Fortunately in Iceland, everybody speaks English. So, and we just looked at them, four tickets. Well, that was no problem. We had the app and it was connected to our credit card. So we bang, 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 bang each of us. So eight times, you know, we got our four tickets. Well, it was just under $10. A taxi would have probably been at least $500 to get us there. They put our bags underneath the, the bus. It was very comfortable. The bus was probably a third full. And uh, it was a nice little ride. And um, we got there and uh, we got off the bus stop. But just as we approached, we went over a bridge and I'm looking and there's our hotel on us. Because we were wondering, well, I wonder how far our hotel is from the bus stop. And uh, the town wasn't that big. So other than Reykjavik, there are no big towns in, uh, to speak of in Iceland. So it, it, it worked out just fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think uh, <clears throat> you have to decide how you want to travel, and everything is arranged. If, if, you, if you go with the tour, you know, the no, no fuss, no muss, they pick you up and they drop you off type thing. Um, you know what and you're you getting. And you see a lot. And, and the guides yeah. are, you know, we can, we can speak for a few companies, but we've done mostly overseas adventure travel. And the guides are amazing. I've ne we've never had a guide that wasn't 
just knew their stuff, but more importantly, personable and read the needs of the group, etc. So I, I have nothing, no, nothing negative to say about um, overseas adventure travel, except um, maybe the age of the group. And I mean, yeah. that, that's that's the only thing we're reevaluating. But anyway, but getting but, back to the topic you, on hand. But if you're going down the road and you see a sign that looks interesting, they're not going to go. Yeah. If it's not on the itinerary, you don't go. You know, and so. Um, yeah, that's a, kind of the beauty of renting a car is um, near Vic Beach area. We saw a road and it was a sign and we said, oh, Black Beach. Well, let's go down there and look at it. Well, it turned out to be this fabulous uh, place. Uh, there was hundreds of people there actually, but the really cool restaurant and uh, a big parking area, but it had a lot of sea stacks and uh, it was really neat. So and they had my five, my favorite expression of Iceland. They had sneaker waves. Yeah. So sneaker wave is when um, these waves on this beach that you think well is very it's very docile. The waves are very very calm, and all of a sudden it'll have this massive amount of waves that just come in right over to each other, and they're called sneaker waves. And it and, snuck um, up on you and got it you did. It quite did. wet. A sneaker wave snuck up on me and got me quite wet, but I had waterproof boots. Yeah. But the point is and I didn't my camera didn't get wet and all that good stuff but it was really fun Ken's like what happened I'm like well, a sneak away got me so it's all good <laughs> but we had a we, that, that's just something that is um, maybe I guess as we've as we've traveled this last trip that we're reevaluating some of our upcoming trips um, maybe do a little bit more on our own and yeah. maybe trying to to kind of go back to what we originally did um, like I said the group travel is wonderful um, but um, I think we enjoyed the freedom of, yeah. um, of uh, the last five days on our own mm -hmm. and um, we're, we're maybe kind of re rethinking a little bit. I mean, we were in um, uh, one of the islands, uh, Westman, Island. Westman Islands, and we happened to run across these these kids um, letting these puffins fly away. Ba baby puffins. Baby puffins. They're called I, pufflings. Pufflings, and I got to hold one. It was the coolest thing ever. I think that we said in another podcast. Yeah. So anyway, so um, so Ken, any last thoughts of traveling as we age? Anything that you can, the tip of the day, if you will, of for traveling when you age? Um, my tip is keep going and make it comfortable. And, you know, let it evolve the way you feel good about it. It's, there's no set format for anyone. And so, I, you know, I do. I think it's been evolving for us, and it's a, it's a good thing. And it changes. It, well, that's what evolving is. Yeah, well, it, I realize that. But... Changing, so. <laughs> so anyway, this is our podcast. We just thought we'd do some reflections. And, uh, you know, we're back in the U.S., and we're settled into our beautiful home, and, and we're enjoying it. But uh, less, uh, well, one month from today, we... We head for Antarctica. So if anybody has any tips or suggestions for Antarctica, we would love to hear them. So again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Ages. Ages. Travel. Travel. Adventures. Adventures.